Hello, welcome to Maison Mission. My name is Kevin Bruschert and I'm the creative pastor here. For those of you who are keeping track, this is episode number 43. Maison Mission is an inclusive faith community. The word Maison comes from a Greek word that means greater. The Maison Mission is about finding greater spaces for people to hear and experience the good news of Jesus. You can find out more about Maison Mission by visiting MaisonMission.com or through the links in the description of this program. It's House Church Week. House Church happens every second and fourth week of the month. If you're watching this with your House Church group, you've either already spent or will spend some time together after this to focus your hearts and minds on God through either music, liturgical readings, or meditation practices. I love that we get to do these things together because it really does help us to be more open to receive more about God and our times together. If you're not watching today with a house church, let us know in the comments where you are watching or listening to our program from. We'd also like to encourage you to join or even start a house church so that we can all grow together better as a community. One last thing before I jump into things, there's some announcements in the program description and as always, we want to thank our financial supporters who make these programs possible. If you'd like to support the Maison Mission, check the program description, and there'll also be some details on a slide at the conclusion of this program. All right, well, let's jump into it. We're continuing in our series called Greater. There's this familiar passage in the Bible. Some call it the love chapter. It's quoted a lot at wedding ceremonies, and it's probably on a lot of inspirational posters and calendars. Uh, it's 1 Corinthians 13. Well, at the end of that chapter, there's this really great passage that I want to share with you today. It says this, When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now, we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. As we've been journeying together here at Maison, we've really been trying to keep these three things in focus, faith, hope, and most importantly, love. This specific passage here is really talking about maturity. It talks about growing up and how we all eventually come to these places in our lives where we have to pause and really examine the ways we understood things when we were younger. Maybe we need to discard some of the things that were wrong or inaccurate. Maybe we need to let go of the ways we see God, the Bible, and each other. Those ways worked well for us when we were younger and helped us in the beginning of our spiritual development, but now we're looking at the same things through a different lens. As we grow and mature, we become more aware. Just as it says here in this passage, we only knew part of the story, but God wants us to know the whole story. We're moving towards a greater faith, a greater hope, and a greater love. With the most important of these three being love. 
you know, the first two weeks of this series, we've looked at greater love and how God's love for us and love for each other is so important to us to build God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Last week, we looked at greater faith and let go of the idea that faith needed to be gathered and instead embraced the mustard seed faith that we all have as we move towards God. But this week, I want to talk about hope. I want to share a very personal and kind of dark story with you and and hopefully you'll 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 go with me on this and you'll 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 give me some grace here but you know when I was in my early 20s I really was a mess of a person I I I laugh now but but at the time I really didn't have a clue I was fumbling through adulthood trying to figure out who I was and and what I was supposed to do Um, but I was pretty self-destructive I was lonely and if I'm honest I was, pretty self, I was pretty selfish and self-absorbed as well. But even though that's what people saw on the outside, what was going on inside of me at that time was pretty dark. I honestly didn't really think that I was going to live very long and that I would die young. I had this huge expectation of failure in everything. I was going to fail or I was going to be met with failure no matter what I did and everything just felt like a carrot on a string like God had all of my hopes and dreams and 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 aspirations on a carrot on a string and it was just dangling far enough for it to be just out of reach all the time. Like I said, it, it's pretty dark. And this darkness inside of me manifested itself in me being a pretty big jerk to everyone around me. All I knew was hopelessness. There's a lot to all of this, and I won't get into all of it here, but I will say that it wasn't until years later that I was able to confront the issues of my life that had driven me to such depths of loneliness and depression. Through the help of friends and a church and a pastor that loved me enough to help me stop the cycle of destructive habits, I was able to break free from this hopelessness and fix my eyes on God and found his hopeful way of truth and life. You know, I thank God for that rescue, and I never want to insulate myself from that experience. I never want to get so distant or far away from that or, or healed so much that, that I don't take seriously the threat of hopelessness in the lives of those in my church and those around me. And I know for many of you, Um, And for me, if we just stop and think and look around, there's a lot of hopelessness around us. There's a lot of people who are struggling um, in in just giant pools of, of, of hopelessness. And as I look at the word hope, I realize something that so many of us do. And this was the pitfall that I fell to when I was in that in that dark hole that I was in in my 20s. You know, we tend to use the word hope in a negative way. Oh, I I hope I don't lose my job. I hope I don't get sick. I hope we have enough money to pay the bills. You know, there's this fatalistic idea in our minds that even hope isn't very hopeful. Maybe it's because we've been disappointed so much already and we don't want to get our hopes up. Hope has slowly become a statement of recognition that we are all feeling like we're just one or two steps away from disaster and failure. I hope my car doesn't break down. I hope my kids turn out okay. You know, we do this all the time. 
One thing that really helped me when I was coming out of that season of hopelessness was recognizing this, this pattern, and finding a new way to look at it, a new perspective. Um, one of my favorite Christian teachers is a man, uh, he's a pastor in the United Kingdom. His name's Anth Chapman. And he really shook my idea of hope when he said this. Hope is not a confession that we are one step from failure. Hope is the confident expectation that the last word has not yet been spoken. And there still may be a word after that. I love that. The confident expectation that the game isn't over. Yeah, things may be looking bad, but instead of expecting the worst, our hope is in knowing that the last word has not yet been spoken. That test result from the doctor looks pretty bad, yeah, but the last word hasn't been spoken. Things may be going really rough for you today, but guess what? The last word hasn't been spoken. There's still hope, and there may even be hope after that. We, when we take a step back from what feels like our hopeless situations and we see the larger story where we see the goodness and faithfulness of God in our life and the lives of so many others, we can hold on to hope because hope helps us see beyond our peripheral everyday life. There's always a bigger story being written all around us and that story is not going to ever end with us. So let's let go of the ways that we looked at things in the past. Let's let go of the fears and the hurts that may have accumulated in our hearts and allow us to see the greater faith, greater love, and greater hope that God has for us. There's this little kid's book that I remember reading to my kids when they were younger. It's called, We're Going on a Bear Hunt. And in the book, as each new challenge and obstacle arises, the same simple statements are made. Can't go over it, can't go under it, can't go around it, got to go through it. I feel like this is the mantra for Maison. As we journey through things like deconstructing our faith and rediscovering who Jesus really is, there's no avoiding it. Uh, We can't go around it. Uh, We can't go over it. We, we, We have to go through it. The journey of questions that many of us are on is, is so challenging. Like, like we're, we're not sure who we can trust, uh, what is even real. That leads us directly into a feeling of hopelessness. But today I want to encourage those of you who are feeling overwhelmed. You, you might not be sure if you still believe in God, at least not in the way that maybe you used to. And that's totally okay. Keep going. Don't give up. I believe that God wants us to use our questions and our doubts to move us closer to him, not further away. You might be facing some circumstances that feel impossible to face, but you know that just like that children's book, you've got to go through it. Instead of saying, I hope I make it through this, let's put our optimistic hope in the truth that the final word of our future hasn't been spoken yet. Press in to the agape love of God. Move towards him with your mustard seed, mountain-moving faith and fix your eyes on an open future of possibility because we have hope that it's not over. God isn't finished. He's not finished with you. He's not finished with me. There is more story to be told. There is freedom found in not giving up. 
There is a new life to be birthed. There is new air to be breathed. Maison, let's press into that hopeful new life together. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your hope. Lord, we thank you for your peace. God, for those who are feeling hopelessness, I pray for your peace, your peace that passes our understanding and allows us to see something bigger, something greater, a story that stretches further than our imagination could ever know. And it doesn't stop with us. God, you are doing something greater. And uh, Lord, we just thank you for that. And we press into that today. We pray in your name. Amen. And so with that, I want to leave you with a few short discussion questions. What does hope mean to you? When was the last time you felt hopeful? What is something that makes you feel hopeful right now? How do we move our perspective of hope away from the idea that something is about to go wrong and into an affirmation of exciting possibilities? Are you hopeful for God to make himself known in your life? In what ways Can we look forward to God in the everyday? And the last one, how can we encourage others around us to be hopeful about life? How can we we be ambassadors of hope to the world? I hope you guys have a great group discussion, and we'll see you next week.